Welcome to, in general, the Jurassic Outpost podcast. My name is Jack. And I'm joined with Caleb. Hey, good to be here. And I'm joined with Assis. Welcome, man. Welcome. I'm, I'm, thank you for having me again. I feel like uh, such an honored guest now. Oh, what the hell? We had to restart. <laughs> it's not a podcast without Assis. Or his phone going off, apparently. Uh, there, there is a lot to talk about today. Uh, there is some good stuff we want to hone in on. However, I think it's important that we mention... Um, uh, I don't really know how to mention it, but obviously, rest in peace, Jimmy Buffett. That was a pretty sad story to read. Yes, savior, uh, savior of sad. margaritas in Jurassic World. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I've been to Margaritaville once, and that was at JP25. What a what a memory. Uh, I will specifically target out Margaritavilles because of Jimmy Buffett and his role in Jurassic World. Small, but uh, pretty iconic cameo, we'll say. Incredible, incredible musician had a massive impact on lots of people. So yeah, just R. just toured for almost what seems like his entire life was just on yeah. tour, especially in his elderly age too. The guy was just kicking forever. Go best on. friend, legit best friend of Frank Marshall. Yeah, so. that was re- honestly, it's been really sad, sad to see. Super like out of the blue as well. I mean, I'm sure people knew that he was going through what he was going through, but uh, I didn't. And um, yeah. Yeah, it just kind of came out of the blue and was kind of sad. Um, but what a legend. And his cameo in Jurassic World is funny. Very, very on point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Iconic um, enough for our friend of the show, Steven, dressed up once as him. Iconic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Yeah, no, that was pretty sad. What we'll have to do is we'll have to pay tribute to him at the next event. I mean, there wasn't an event in JP30 which is sad, but maybe next year Jurassic Outpost will host an event uh, in celebration of Jurassic Park's 30th anniversary on the 31st anniversary. Maybe we should do <laughs> that. Maybe we should do it. 30th. Maybe oh. we should do it at Margaritaville. I, think uh, I mean, that's the natural spot. Like if we're going to a restaurant, meet up and dinner at uh, Margaritaville drinks. That's it. That's where we start. That's where we end. What happens in between? I don't know. Stays between... but let's talk about some stuff so before we jump into the main topic there is a a few things that came out i think so the life on our planet uh amblin's new television show tell us about that caleb yeah i am really excited about it i'm i'm like extremely cautiously optimistic about it obviously because i haven't seen it yet but like I was a big fan of, or am a big fan of Prehistoric Planet, um, and us dinosaur fans slash dinosaur documentary fans are getting so many good things lately, Um, and this looks to be like, I mean, it's produced by Amblin, and ILM is involved, and Spielberg is exec producing, and so like, I think it has the potential to be really cool. It's about, I mean, it involves dinosaurs, but it also involves like... uh, Ice Age uh, creatures and uh, creatures all the way in between those two eras, just the origins of life on Earth in general. But, uh, you know, lots of dinosaurs, lots of uh, mammoths and uh, thylacines and uh, all of those cool things, too. So, yeah, it it looks really, really good. So October 25th, I think, on Netflix. But, yeah. It did make me wonder, uh, because it's Amblin Television producing it, I think, right? Amblin Television? I like where your train of thoughts going here. So I'm gonna hop on board this train. Here's my (laughs) 
Well, we all remember the Jurassic World live action show that Amblin Television just before the pandemic were about to. It was an it wasn't announced, but it was talked about in some trade thing or something. I, I can't remember now. But it makes me wonder. That obviously got thrown away. It makes me wonder if the budget that had been set aside, some not obviously not the assets themselves, but the budget that had been set aside, maybe the teams working on it, have been moved across to this uh, this life on our planet show. Um, I don't. know. I mean, like, I think it might. It, I'm first of all, I'm sad that the Jurassic World live television show got canned. But second of all, yeah, I mean, it would make it might make sense for some Amblin folks and ILM folks to like move from that to this and use that time for this since it got taken away from the Jurassic World live show. So yeah, anything, I'm interested be... to see like what like what type of action, what type of stories they're telling with these dinosaurs and creatures. So yeah. If anything, it'll be a good test to see if Amblin can pull off high quality dinosaurs on a smaller format. And mm-hmm. I think that'll dictate whether or not we'll see anything live action Jurassic. Because when they do that, or I know they'll eventually do it, there's going to be animatronics, but it's going to be a lot of CGI too. So making the dinosaurs look convincing is probably the most important thing behind obviously good story and characters. But uh, I think this will be a good test to see if Amblin can pull off the smaller but like a smaller budget like tv budget uh high quality like blockbuster-esque dinosaurs that's what i'm interested in seeing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it makes me wonder have amblin have amblin independently outside of universal made anything uh like a live action show for anything else i i want to say they've been involved in some things but i'm not sure yeah i can't think of anything off the top of my head i'm sure they have but i'm just doing a quick search i'll give you guys a little little <laughs> yeah i'm looking excitement it up for me <laughs> i just saw what they're working on i didn't even know this is actually coming out and it's like legitimately in like post-production now masters of air steven spielberg's like trilogy of like those world war ii uh like epics those tv epics amblin oh, makes those okay. man those are amazing so they can well, do amblin made uh, stuff. the pacific and band of brothers and things like that I believe so. I'm looking through all their stuff here. They were so yeah. good. Band of Brothers, especially. Yeah. And there was Joe, Joe Mazzolo in, uh, in the Pacific, right? He was great in that. Yeah, Gene yeah, Sledge, yeah. baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Those shows were brilliant. And I think even more impactful yep. if you have a... Band of Brothers, there it is. Pacific. Yep. So they can... Def- oh, you know what else? Freaks and Geeks. So Hamblin. No bangers. <laughs> Never mind. We didn't do enough research, guys. Hamblin <laughs> is known for banger TV. Amblin yeah, did- I... I- I think they're uh, like freaks geeks. No way. <laughs> but canceled it too soon, so maybe they have some yeah, uh, yeah. some issues behind the scenes for a way long time to shoot. So <laughs> that, maybe that's why we're not seeing Jurassic. There's some uh, issues up top. Some I think for some reason they like don't when they work on these TV shows they don't get like the the attention of the other big players involved. Like because I'm looking at their television shows on their website and there's things on here that i had no idea they were involved in. yeah exactly like you're looking through i was looking through i'm like oh i know this i know this i know this but for some reason we don't associate that with amblin but when you ask exactly. people what an amblin movie is oh they'll be like name et jurassic indiana jones i don't even yeah. jaws one maybe jaws too so like that's like the, what's the difference why is maybe amblin needs to start putting some more focus into their tv area because clearly they, they know what they're doing they may they have the history the track record but yeah I think the Something issue may be in terms of like Jurassic, they have to work with Universal, obviously, as the 
a yeah. studio that would be involved. Yeah, maybe they're the issue. <laughs> the haunting, the haunting of Bly Manor is on here. That's a that great. Amblin was apparently involved in, which is like a a yeah, it's great, pretty terrifying horror series on Netflix. So, Actually, so yeah, we, know, we know that they can do it. So I really want to know what they were planning <laughs> so what's with going this on Jurassic here? World show. What, what, like, what was it going to be about? Where were they going to set it? In what era were they going to set it? Most likely post at least Fallen Kingdom, right? But post Fallen Kingdom, open world dinosaurs for sure, you would think, right? Yeah. If Amblin were more, more the ones developing it, it makes you wonder how they would have gone. Especially if they've just made, you know, Haunting of Blind Manor and they did yeah, and they're so quality too with big budgets. Yeah, the haunted yeah, no, house is on here as well, which was Universal even more terrifying. So. <laughs> okay, uh, speaking of horror, I guess uh, the Death Ground trailer, Death Ground released a gameplay trailer. That's the Kickstarter uh, video game that's mm-hmm. quote unquote not a Jurassic Park game, which clearly is trying to be inspired by. Uh, looks fantastic. Looks great. And, uh, I, I liked it off the bat. I know a lot of people are hesitant about, again, quote unquote, fan made games. I don't think really think it's a fan made game. I Not think at it all. literally is a is a fantastic looking uh, game. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It looks fantastic. I'm, but the game, I'm glad the game trailer looks great. Yeah. No, I'm glad I've got, it's gotten funded and gotten to this point. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I'm just it's. Hoping- uh, it, it seems like it's a, a good blend. I play a lot of video games, admittedly. Not enough movie watching, too much video game playing these days. But to me, it <laughs> seems like a, a blend of a lot of people's like favorite types of games, like Dead, uh, Dead by Daylight, mixed with Alien Isolation, mixed with a little bit of Jurassic. So you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that people should look to this as like a Jurassic comparison. I think Jurassic Park and Universal should take notes as to what can be done with the dinosaur game space. Because... You take a passionate team like the ones behind Death Ground, and they look like they've delivered a pretty interesting and like fairly high budget looking uh, game for a relatively low budget. So I think Jurassic should take notes for what you can do with a small budget and a relatively small development team. So I think Death Ground, it, it, assumingly it goes good uh, when it releases. Universal takes notes and not go down the Capcom route of releasing Exo Primal, even though people like it. It's just the wrong. I don't want to shoot dinosaurs. I don't. Want, I want to be like stealthy. I want story. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. So mm-hmm. Universal look to Death Ground and hope Death Ground has a uh, strong release. Well, that's always the the story, isn't it? That Universal cancelled a video game, a Jurassic Park video game, because of uh, guns and shooting dinosaurs. And it's like, okay, I get it. If you watch the trailer for Jurassic Park Survivor Survival, uh, the cancelled JP three sort of tie in video game. It is firing guns at dinosaurs at times, but it's also a, a kind of like a Tomb Raider-y stealth mm-hmm. puzzle game, it looked like. Um, I'm sure there were more reasons behind the scenes as to why that got cancelled, but then you look at um, Jurassic World Survivor, yeah, Survivor, um, that got cancelled uh, around the time Fallen Kingdom was coming out. It was cancelled because of guns in the game. That's the quote from one of the devs that worked on it. Guns in the game. So I don't even know at this point. <laughs> like, there's guns okay. in the movies. <laughs> I don't know what. The only type of games we're ever going to get with Jurassic are Park Sims. So look forward to Jurassic World Evolution 3 and 4 and 5 and 6. And that's about it for... Oh, and your, and your app games. Your app... Uh, Pay to play. App purchase. Garbage money games. Jurassic World Alive, yeah. Uh, I, you yeah. know, Evolution is, is, is... I think people 
there is a lot of love for that game and they are great games but I, I i couldn't get into evolution 2 uh, at all i loved the first one but i played it more when they released the return to jurassic park dlc i, I was just yeah. really into that um evolution 2 i i really tried to play but i just i couldn't really i couldn't get the into problem it. with these games is if uh, i think a lot of jurassic park fans or some of them were looking for more of a Jurassic Park Park Simulator, and what this game is more of is a more of a uh, Jurassic Park, like, not even Jurassic Park, it's more of a like a park management game. It's not really a a, a Jurassic Park game. It's like a park management game with the dressing of Jurassic Park. You don't really have time to go look at your dinosaurs because there's like a thousand things going on. You know, it's like your fence is broken, storms going on, feeders out, feeders are out, or whatever. One little thing after another takes away from the dinosaur experience, and that I think that's why the longevity of the game is not quite there. Like for yeah. what Jurassic Park uh, Operation Genesis is, for example, a lot more dinosaur focus on that. You're spending a lot more time looking at the dinosaurs, interacting with them, and less so with the, I guess, behind the scenes management and finance and the less fun stuff that goes along with it. Just my opinion. Imagine if there was a Jurassic game that spanned all the story of the entire franchise up to this point, where you were someone who worked for John Hammond or you worked for InGen or something like that. And you got to be sort of involved with every story that you see in the movies. Some You were somehow involved with every story that was seen in the movies. Like you were a park worker at Jurassic Park. You were someone who had to evacuate Sorna because of the storm. And you were there when InGen was involved there. Like, and... I mean, you could do the same sort of thing with the future movies, I guess. Like you were a Jurassic World employee who was involved there during all the chaos that went down there. And you were just surviving involved through it all. I don't know. I'm just word vomiting here. But like that would be I think I think fans want more of something where like you as a playable character are involved in the stories of the movies or like adjacent stories i think that would be something that would be cool and outside what we've gotten before so but then the issue comes with the story is you can tell a story but the most important part of a game is the gameplay and yeah i don't see a game where you're just running and hiding and stealthing dinosaurs when we saw that with Jurassic world uh aftermath the vr switch game and that game, it was like a first person completely stealth. There was no real weapon options at all, only distraction items. So I find it interesting that even with non-lethal weapons, is there as universal against non-lethals, which they even have in their own movies, using against them in Jurassic World. So I'm not sure. You can have an array of like non-lethals, a stun stick, a stun pistol, stun shock grenade, or whatever, right? So there's like a you can you can be creative within the license, but for some reason. We just haven't seen it, so I don't. I just don't know what the answer is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, what's I feel the like issue? A, 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 goes back to all the way to the first trilogy. People have wanted to just be able to explore the islands, yeah. And being yeah. able to explore sauna and explore the mysteries there, especially the stuff we haven't seen. Um, the same with exploring an abandoned Jurassic Park. I think that's something a lot of people have wanted to play. And if you if you took the game's approach like The Last of Us, where it's it is survival and distraction, yeah, you can you can use a gun if you find bullets and you can shoot the dinosaur if you need to, but it's better to hide or distract or even just throw a rock over there, you know, so you can escape. I think those approaches would be right. 
I want to explore Isla Nublar for myself. I want to walk around the island for myself. I want to walk yeah. around the sauna, go into the birdcage and have to have to survive through that. Imagine imagine playing the Jurassic Park 3 <laughs> birdcage <laughs> sequence and going into the Embryonics Administration building. Well, That'd be like, so much it, fun. The issue in is, the... I'm just no, thinking ahead. though, out loud, I'm just thinking, uh, like, Death Ground is like the only other dinosaur game I can think of right now where it's not blasting the dinosaurs as a main objective or stealthing around. Like, this is a pretty much a stealth game, so like you can only go two ways about it, right? You can either have gameplay focusing on shooting with shooting mechanics and stuff like that and looting or whatever, or you can have a game with like with stealth mechanics like Alien Isolation or whatever. But then the issue is finding. Like you can make a game and just have it become like a walking simulator, but then there's no game, right? You, you see the issue? Mm-hmm. Then it just becomes like a VR ride almost. Sorry, the cat sure. here again. There, <laughs> there does need to be a, a plot, a synopsis. Like, I mean, yeah. Jurassic World Survivor was the the goal was to survive the island and to escape. But then the guns to, need the guns. But the you guns needed are the, the guns, issue but you for couldn't. Some it was more about getting power back on, finding different survival items, and trying to evade any other potential threats. Not just dinosaurs, there were other mm-hmm. threats going on in the game. So, I mean, that was an approach. <laughs> I think maybe the issue Universal sees is that the mass people won't like this. That's why the park builder works, because who doesn't want to build a park, right? I, I think it's just... Scale. You can only recycle that so many times. Like, how many exactly. innovations can you really add to a park sim? You know what I mean? You're only iterating a small step each time. The, the step yeah. from JWE1 to the second one wasn't wasn't like a revolution in gameplay it was the same gameplay with just tweaks to that gameplay so it was to get the same game refined each time and that's going to wear thin after like the third fourth time like Jurassic World Evolution yeah. 3 do you really want another park simulator what what are they going to add build dinosaurs in space i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes know, like, uh... it has to change something has to change each time and like i'm just thinking if universal it's just or I'm sure teams have tried this, but like, just have if you want to have like a non-dinosaur shooting mechanic, just have like poachers on the island. Have humans to fight the poachers. Like you fight them, but the dinosaur, like the weapons are ineffective against. I don't know the dinosaurs. Like the raptors move too fast. The other ones have too much hide or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it yeah. should be like trespasser yeah. where you stumble upon weapons, but it's like ah, oh, two bullets. You got to really save exactly. those bullets. You don't want to. There's not going to be a thousand bullets on Jurassic Park. There's going to be like maybe like two boxes of like rifle ammo and like some yeah. like shotgun ammo you know what i mean you're not yeah. gonna I mean, have just like off the top of my head the idea the idea of like an open world survivor on nublar would be okay well you're a team that's going in you need to find embryos or something right the the timeline would be it's 95 or something 94 there's i don't know you need to find and, something uh, or maybe you are dodgson or maybe you are um biosyn and you need to find the canister and it's just after the park's disaster yeah. and that would be the aim of the game but you can't just go to the canister first off you have to explore the entire island because you don't know where the hell it is you need to retrace the steps you got to end up in the control room you got to evade the raptors the t-rex in the visitor center you got to make your way through the gates and you got to kind of not recreate but retread some of the steps from jurassic park that is so iconic and I think just playing that would be amazing. Discovering all these new secrets along the way. Maybe you've got to try and get a vehicle going, find some gas for it. Yeah. Another know. issue I'm seeing with all this talk is, I know it sounds like us complaining, but it's more of like, we, it's kind of what we want. And sh- we're showing that it's like, what, what can be done? Like, it's not impossible to make a creative game, but maybe Universal has some hesitation in like putting out something that looks like 
an alien isolation skin with Jurassic Park. Remember when Dino Crisis came out? I'm sure some of you guys remember, but I remember like people just saying it's just Resident Evil with uh, with dinosaur skins on it, right? It's just a it's just a clone, right? Is Jurassic Park just going to be a clone of every other game? Do you see what I mean? Like a movie sure. clone. It's going to have that disgusting the stink of having like a movie licensed game almost. You know what I mean? So it's a very, I get that, but then alien isolation was able to do it. Perfectly. Have either of you guys uh, played the Lego games at all? Yes. I love them. Played Lego okay. Jurassic world. Um, dive, dive straight into the Jurassic park three level. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying though. Is like, it would be so cool if that was like, and, adult level role-playing game where you could play the stories of the movies and perhaps change the story a little bit if you had to, but then maybe not, or like discover new little side secrets about things and just go mm -hmm. through the stories of the movies. Like that's the Lego game is the only version of that for Jurassic that there is basically almost, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, so we've got limited run games dropping uh, re... What do you call them? Re... Remasters. Remasters. Yeah. They are kind of remakes because they've rebuilt it from the from the ground up, they said. Oh, did they? Apparently, yeah, yeah. No, I would say um, remake, didn't I? I would say remake, sure. So it's limited run... What, what's it called? The Retro yeah, Classic run games. Collect, Collection or something, right? And it's, yes. uh, it's the not Sega Jurassic Park original games. And what are they called? Jurassic Park and then Jurassic part two chaos continues is that one of them yes that's one of them uh, I should have more. <laughs> should I have... <laughs> who has this up in front of them all i know is that like i was browsing their website yesterday picking out which one i wanted to pre-order which set and they had like i want to give a first of all a big shout out to limited run games they make banger products i have a couple other games for my switch already um i want to give them a shout out for having so many variety of products and options to pre-order from i was like scrolling for like a good like couple minutes trying to figure out like which bundle do I want? And I <laughs> how much and money can I spend? Shout out to Dad Hat though. That Dad Hat <laughs> is fantastic, dude. That's like I, I'd rather get the Dad Hat than the game right now at this point. <laughs> yeah, they blew me away with the Dad Hat, so I, I ordered the Dad Hat, and uh, yeah, I can't wait for the, the games to come out. Obviously, and I've never played them, so it'll be nice to rip these on my Switch and just, I guess, get into some classic Jurassic. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know what that makes me excited for? Uh, maybe. Jurassic Park's maybe making a comeback in less Jurassic World, maybe. You know what I mean? There's a lot more Jurassic Park stuff coming out. I know it's the 30th anniversary, but it's building the brand back up, the Jurassic Park brand. Yes. And it made a lot of money in the uh, the box office last week, like a million plus. Yeah. Not bad for like a, a 3D re-release, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Yeah, is that going to... Uh, so obviously Jurassic Park's now making even more money at the box office which is hilarious but it's funny because dominion didn't it didn't really didn't come out that long ago jurassic world dominion and i yeah. like you just said it is the 30th anniversary but it's funny how quickly we've pivoted back to jurassic park and everything is jurassic park and i think that's <laughs> going to continue through next year and hopefully hopefully a long time yeah so the the limited run thing just to say it is the Jurassic Park Classic Games Collection. And there's the standard edition, which is just like the normal game cases that you can get. And then there's the classic edition, which looks like a Jurassic Park VHS, which is awesome. And then there's also the prehistoric edition, which sort of uh, has the 64-bit uh, T-Rex on the front, and it looks uh, retro like those games that they've remastered. So And... Like you were saying, the merch 
that they've got with them it's is fantastic. phenomenal. It's I so want to give cool. a shout out to everyone. I want to, I want to take this chance now. Uh, this this run we're getting of like this Jurassic Park merch from all these places. Mm. I picked up like so many things already. Like I'm loving this resurgence. Keep giving it to me. You want to know why I think it's happening too? Because if you look at the aesthetic of Jurassic Park, it pops today. It looks so different than you know. It's like vintage almost. It's like retro. It it stands mm-hmm. out when you put it in the shop compared to like all those corporate ass shit you know so it's like it's different now you know as well this isn't a critique of of the jurassic world movies which i i'm known to do no no it's not just the branding the branding of the world is fantastic does not look great up on there when you see all the ghostbusters logos and the indiana jones logos you see the jurassic world logo which is kind of gray and blue and silver and not very appealing you see the jurassic park logo and it's bright and it's colorful and and it like you said it has that retro feel and the dad hat from Retro Games, <laughs> the colors, <laughs> as you mentioned before, they're 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 perfect. It's like. Have you um, guys seen the Jurassic Park 30th anniversary calendar that just? No, I haven't. Just popped up. It's, Another thing to throw my money at. I love exactly, it. Exactly, that's exactly right. Because like I I have to have it, and it's like it's got that like popping Jurassic Park red and green and yellow like branding it's so cool it whoever's awesome. in charge of their uh, their like their i guess key art right now for this is i think they're doing a pretty bang up job like the splash of colors it's like it's it's like a it's not jurassic park as it was it's like jurassic park with like a modern spin on it in a way and i'm vibing with it so hard i love it have you seen um obviously we've seen the the really awful cover of the screenplay book that's coming out for <laughs> Alex's. But did you see Alex's incredible oh that does look cool. See, that's yeah, exactly yeah, what I'm talking about. That's the cover it's, of yeah, the it's calendar. The colors, it's the color palette, it's the colorways, like the patterns. They, they're mixing like, in the, in the jungle explorer, the tour explorer vehicles kind yeah, of red. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's perfect. Um yeah, Alex's Alex's version of the cover for um check him out on twitter part-time hero seriously what the hell how did they not achieve that he he just like his cover is fantastic i like, oh, had a bit great. of time on on the weekend Beautiful. Thought I'd mock this up nailed it absolutely nailed it what a smart and seemingly simple idea to just you know how the screenplays have the jurassic park logo but it's black and white you know just cutting so down good there. dude i loved it perfect oh Remember my the attention God. To detail. yeah they they um I bet the whoever designed that original cover. I know that they're using just assets from Universal, but I hope they're kicking themselves a little because <laughs> somebody just mocked that up and was everyone was like, "I'm going to print that." I think you said it as you're going to print that and put it on your I'm own. Gonna replace it, dude. I'm going to ask. I'll, I'll give you like the high res of that. I'm going to blow this up and print it professionally. Tape, dude. tape it to the outside. Yeah, no offense yeah. to the artist. I know the artist probably was the like. I have a question actually, since you guys are in a similar sense, working with Universal in assets and stuff. Are you guys constrained to, I don't know if you guys can talk about this. Are you constrained to using only the asset Universal gave you? Like, can you branch off and do what you want kind of things? Well, so with, um, say, for example, Beyond the Gates, we were given a certain number of assets to, like, not given, just like, here's the asset library you can use. This is what people, partners are given. Um, but we, we, Chris and I always take a tangent from that and design our own stuff um, that, that has to go through approvals. So in okay. the latest Beyond the Gates, we used our own pre-built assets for um, the, uh, what do you call it? The, like the Unix UI system for when the guy comes up on screen, um, the interview, sorry, comes up on screen and you see it's in like the Nedry console window and stuff. 
all those assets we kind of made ourselves. We didn't use the ones okay. that they had provided because they weren't quite fitting what we needed. So we just kind of built around what they had. And it has to go through layers of approval. But um, they do have a number of things. And we noticed that the asset cover, the cover from that book, the screenplay book, is just an asset from the library. So it, they didn't really change much. They just kind of used the asset as was. That's so is, depressing. Dude. Like, so I have, yeah. then the issue is, why do we have things that are coming out that are absolutely like the effort is there, the love is there, like the stuff from limited run games or something like the clothing brands like Shoe Palace. The, Even, yeah, so the, the who is it? The La La, Land La, Records. La La Land. La La Land Records, the Lost World score. Mine came the other day. People have, people have already acknowledged this, but the, it's so simple. I got the JP one as well. It's a so yeah. simple the design, mm -hmm. but they've managed to harness that feeling. That so you then, get. what is the where's the disconnect happening? Why are we getting some things that are so lovingly made and some things that seem like literally the laziest drag drop print go? And why are they getting approved? Like, why is someone approving this nice quality stuff and then looking at the other less favorable stuff and being like, you know what, good to go as well? It seems to on? be, I, I agree. There seems to be a yeah. disconnect on Universal's end for approvals that they, if it's in the library, if it's been used, then. Then I guess you get to go because you approved it already. And that's laziness. Let's take that, like that Rex, run. that Rex that's on the front of the script book. Let's, let's please take that out. Let's delete that asset. I don't know how that's even in there. Who thought that looked like the Jurassic Park T-Rex? <sighs> It's so this bad. This is a billion dollar franchise. A billion dollars. This is your biggest franchise, Universal. This is your number one. And this is the effort that you put in. No wonder it's like your Fast and Furious are like flopping. Yeah. You, Jurassic is going to go the same route if you don't put the love and effort into it. It's just that. I think that the, the reaction the general public have had to the original Jurassic Park, both coming back in cinemas and just being around again, as you said, for the 30th anniversary, I think has shown how iconic that original movie is, but how much love it still has, despite the way the Jurassic World movies have gone. Um, audiences have changed. Jurassic Park will ever last. Yeah, it will really ever will. last. It's a it's a classic. It's a it's a staple of like our culture almost. You know, like cinema culture. It's such a big name. Absolutely. But I think to your point about the the sort of like the graphics and the design of everything limited run obviously have their own designers who are working with certain assets and then making new things to be like look let's make it look like this let's put this asset here let's use this here and i think that it, that's what it comes down to individual companies or partners um designing things that yeah sure are using assets from the library or are using things that you know pre-approved but making new things and, and designing it and then getting that approved because it works better and i think we see that in a number of partners, as you said, that calendar, um, it mm. is using assets that are, are, are available, but it's putting them together in a way that actually visually is stunning as opposed to that T-Rex, which it is It adds some spin wild. to it. It adds like a human touch to yeah. it. it yeah. That's like almost a difference. There's like a human touch to it versus like this artificial corporate crap. I just, I just, I think that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Like you this, can tell Alex's has like a, a touch. Neem's stuff has a touch. Like his work has a, yes. like a style. There's a personality behind the work. And then you get this other like, just drag, drop, copy, paste. It's just like, where's the love, man? This is like an, if, if, if the issue is the artists, get artists. And there's tons of artists who love this franchise and are super passionate about it in the community. Get them to do it. They'll do it. Yeah. They'll do a great job that will, people will love. I just I, don't yeah, understand it's, what's going on. I think 
like, and this is a longer conversation and has been said before, but I think that um, something that would greatly improve things is like if, if Universal had more rain on the dinosaur asset side of things, because if you replace that T-Rex on the front of that script book with an accurate Jurassic T-Rex, that improves it by like mm-hmm. 70, that improves it a, a ton. And so, like, I think they need when before I had seen that cover and someone said to me, like, oh, have you seen this? It I don't like it. It's bad. And I was like, my literally my first response was, is it a dinosaur asset issue? And they said, <laughs> yes. And so, like, I think I really like there are obviously like other personal touch and approval issues. But like, I think if we can get the dinosaur branding right, <laughs> like it improves it so much. <laughs> You know but, what's interesting, yeah. Caleb? As you're talking about that, you know what that reminded me of? It, I got like horrible PTSD flashbacks of. <laughs> do you guys remember? Picture yourself in 2013. The 3D oh, yeah. release of Jurassic Park is coming I know out. What you're gonna say? Remember I do too. I do too. <laughs> and I think it was Julian from. Uh, I can't remember what he's working on these days, but Julian. He's everyone knows Julian. Julian yeah. Romero. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Thank you. He uh, he put out like. What Caleb is saying, we replaced the asset with the JP Rex from his uh from his like, origins asset list or something, yeah. and it looks night yeah, and so day better. So much that better. was the, the poster, wasn't it? And it was the Rex in the rearview mirror. In the rearview mirror as the poster. <laughs> it was the shady one too, which like it moved in and out of like the like the mirror. I'm like, so you're putting effort into this poster, but these are the assets in which you're using? Like I just yeah. don't understand. So it but started in twenty thirteen always been that way and remember the blu-ray covers that came out that, oh that, my god you're right <laughs> i forgot about those ones even the logos were, were off on them I, I don't know what the hell that's the thing it's it's an internal issue on approvals um, the uh the pointy triangle beaked stegosaurus haunts <laughs> oh, my geez, nightmares the lost world cover yeah this sounds like this is turning to a, a jurassic park love hate episode <laughs> like, well here's what we love but also what we hate let's yes. you were you jack you held up and brought up the la la land release like let's let's talk about that for a second because it's it's yeah. fantastic they have knocked those out of the jurassic park um they did the, <laughs> <laughs> they did a full so la la land did a full like remastered expanded re-release of Jurassic Park and the Lost World soundtracks in 2016 and it was pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um and just in the last couple of years, um I think the Jurassic Park by itself re-release was last year and then the Lost World was this year. Um they've done them individually. Um the covers are awesome. They're minimalistic. They look like sort of a almost an expansion they look a bit like of, the novel, the novel covers. Exactly. Yes, they look like they resemble the novel covers to like my first impression was that they like, it looks like they took the, you know, the classic T-Rex logos for those individual movies and sort of broke them out of the constraints. Like the Jurassic Park one has sort of the jungle along the bottom, if I'm not mistaken. And then like the lost world sort of has like San Diego along the bottom, which is, yeah, which is perfect. Yeah, it, and, nails, it nails it. And the first one's white, um, a yeah. white cover. Lost World's red. Yeah. And the logos, the only thing is the text, right? The text 
Actually, you know what? No, the text is fine. Oh, we're going back to the font debate? Oh, baby. <laughs> no, no, the font's right. The font's right. right. The font's good. The font's right, ladies and gentlemen. The font is right. Um, and I, was like, the... I was just looking at it like, oh, I think they've taken the, the sort of metal logos, but they haven't. It's just textured in a cool way. Right. No, and so these individual re-releases have had even more, like, not like a ton of expansive new material, but still they've been able to find and get permission and be able to release even more new material on these. Like, uh, you know, the big, the big one for me on the Jurassic Park re-release was the film mix and the film edit of journey to the Island, which is awesome to have. And on the lost world, there's a completely new version of rescuing Sarah on there that I had never even heard before. I love so I, I just want to point out just as a, as a side thing, um, track four is called To the Island. I've always uh-huh. known that track as Malcolm's Journey. Exactly. Malcolm's yeah, Journey, yeah, baby. Yeah. But then apparently Derek corrected me and said, well, actually, mate, it was always <laughs> called To the Island. And yeah. then when it was released, it was changed somewhere along the way to Malcolm's Journey. Well, right. we have to, uh, yes, we have to make these, we have to make these track titles that get released to the public. We have to make them dramatic and about the story, which is fine. It was fine. But like, I'm sure, I don't know, I, being a composer myself and like naming tracks, it's like, sometimes you make them as simple as possible. Sometimes you make them about the story. And so like John Williams would probably like, they're just going to the island, to the island. But it's Malcolm's Journey. Malcolm's Journey. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I I love the title Malcolm's Journey because yeah. the Lost World is about Malcolm. That you could retitle the entire film Jurassic Park Malcolm's Journey. Malcolm. Malcolm's Journey, <laughs> kind of. Um, but, uh, I will no. say though, Jurassic Park: The Lost World. For all that I give, Jurassic Park Two, know, Jurassic Park Two, the second, the best one allegedly has the best soundtrack of the entire franchise. Yes. Hands down. We can yeah. we can drive with that. It's absolutely. so underrated. I think when people look at John Williams' score, uh, his all his like scores that he's done in his catalog, uh, I think The Lost World is one of the most slept on cuz no one talks about. It. They just they just associate it with the movie, but Williams what he does there with the percussions and like the woodwinds are different than how he usually uses them as a tribal sound into it, like all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's it elevates it. It makes it so different and I and like unique to what Jurassic Park is. And I absolutely love well. So it's the Lost World is like this completely different animal. If you listen to it right after Jurassic Park, it's just like it's it's still orchestral, but it's less orchestral and there's more percussion mm-hmm. and more of that tribal feeling that you're talking jungle feeling that you're talking about. Assis. So fun fact, this is something I like to tell people and I don't know if you'll know this or not, but fun fact, um, when the Jurassic park score was being recorded, John Williams had hurt his back and couldn't conduct the sessions or at least a good portion of the recording sessions. And so when the lost world came around and he had done the music, it was like, finally i get to conduct my own jurassic score so like he yeah that was the first jurassic score that he conducted the whole thing interesting i did not know that and so yeah i always think that's really interesting just just when it comes to the conversation about how different it is and how fiery and like upbeat and intense it is it's like he went in all guns blazing it's like john john williams got to conduct the whole thing yeah he has a lot of a lot of energy. I've seen a lot of his earlier performances back around the time of, I guess, 80s and stuff. 
the mm-hmm. way he's conducting up there, he's a magician with the absolutely, absolutely with his hand movements. He's like, yeah. mm. I have. No wonder he threw his back out. I almost threw my back out. <laughs> yeah. No, I have. Uh, I have pictures somewhere of him conducting the, and it's it's on some of the behind the scenes stuff on the on the discs too of him conducting those sessions, but. Um, yeah, uh, Goat. massive shout out to La La Land for giving us giving us all of this uh, Jurassic yeah. music and unreleased and expanded Jurassic music. And I fantastic. know that there were a number of people in the community that really did help, um, you know, facilitate all of this and help, including La La Double D, including Double D, Double D, Double Derek. He puts in so much legwork and shout out to him. He just puts a lot of his time, effort, and soul into the franchise and. He really he's still does. the best. He's still the best. He's still, he's still <laughs> he's the best that he does. Yeah, no, absolutely. But they, there is a lot of people, including Double Davis Jr., um, who have, have worked on these and helped La La Land. And I just think so much credit to that because it's such a it's such a fascinating thing to have this so many years later after the film. And it's all this unheard of, well, not unheard of, but re-released music. And on yeah. the back, there's all this additional <clears throat> music. And then um, there's little... Um, citation you know previously unreleased and then contains previously unreleased material and they've completely would you call it remastered a lot of the tracks they took basically the original stems and then yeah i mean that that can go a lot of ways um and it's funny like and this is a long conversation but like the original album release of the lost world has always been an album to me that felt like it it was mixed really low like it could have been louder like the album that's on iTunes. And so like these new releases are much the La La Land from 2016. And like these new releases are much louder. And so like, that's just a, a great thing to have, but like, yeah, I mean, they, it could be that they're taking all of the stems. It could be that they're taking some of the old mixes and just making them better. Um, but whatever yeah. they've done is, is fantastic. It, and it, absolutely, it totally absolutely. rumbles my car. Uh, I remember when I was, when the original came out, the original release, the two pack, um, that was 2017, you said? 16, yeah. 2016. I remember playing that. I had an older beat up Jeep back then with, I'd replaced the speakers in the door frame. And I remember like hearing them almost pop out of, it was like (laughs) so loud and it was too loud for the speakers. Um, but the bass on them, it was just perfect to be able to hear it like that. Um, I'm going to so, go yeah, my truck I'm, after this and uh, blast it and blow my it. eardrums, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn it all up. Um, okay, so I want to mention something. The Lego show. Um, yeah. This has had mixed reaction. I mean, what kind of reaction can more Lego content really get? This is obviously aimed at kids, which is fine. But um, what do you say? So, I mean, how do you want to introduce this? I What's it called? It's called, it's called it? I, I, I mean, I guess the it's full title is Lego Jurassic Park and Adventure 65 Million Bricks in the Making. Uh, get it? <laughs> this is on Peacock, right? Just on Peacock? Yeah, yes, but it's also, it's also like, the. there's also another tagline, which is like the unofficial retelling or something like yeah, that. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? Isn't this a so, no, wait. I haven't stop. seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet, but let <laughs> me tell you what I think that's going to be. What the hell? I think, I think that they're going to bring in Malcolm like old Malcolm from Dominion 100%. or something with gray hair. And it's going to be Malcolm retelling the Jurassic Park park story 30 years later. That's, that's the, like the impression I got from that, but I, I kind of no like idea. that Deadpool thing, that Deadpool, uh, this like Christmas special movie. Yeah. Kinda I mean, I, I mean, sort of, yeah, yeah kind of like that, but for kids, yeah. which is like, okay, first of all, 
my initial reaction to seeing this was like, okay, I just saw the Jurassic Park. I didn't see the Lego aspect yet. I saw the Jurassic Park on Twitter. I was like, okay, shit, it, finally. They're doing, a, they're doing a peacock thing on Jurassic Park. It's happening. Finally, finally, finally. And I look down a little bit more. I focus. I see the Lego. I'm like, okay, here's the problem. <laughs> why, are they, why are they targeting this? Listen, I get it. Jurassic Park is, is a kid's movie, but it's, it's, it's a movie for everyone. Why are they mm. continually just narrowing and focusing in on the, the kid's market? Is the, yes. the Lego brand so powerful still that that these shows are doing so good for them that they're like, you know what, doing really well? These Lego shows. Let's do more of these Lego shows. I, I do just Why? want to make a point. that Who's it, watching this? It's fascinating that Peacock, Universal, NBC Universal's new streaming platform, is the first piece of Jurassic content is a Lego show. I think that it says a lot about what they're willing to produce and what they want to make for Jurassic. And I get it. Again, I do get it. Lego sells, Jurassic Kids stuff sells. That is a huge audience. And obviously the goal is to sell as much as possible. Yeah. But I, I don't feel like, I think that's the whole thing. It's not, if they want to do all this kid stuff, fine. Absolutely. They should. But where's the stuff geared towards adults? Where's the stuff that's actually geared towards us? The ones that you know grew what's up, funny? the original trilogy. Yes. You know, you're supposed to age with the, the you're supposed to age with the audience, right? Like, yeah. the kids who grew up watching, like us, we grew up watching Jurassic Park. We have aged, and for some reason, they've just like abandoned the like the demographic that grew up with the movie almost, and just started focusing on the age that we were. I'm like, but then they're just gonna age out too. But then just why not? Why not just have the kids stuff so you can target the kids and then have everything so you can grow with the content. Kind of like, I know we'll talk about this later on, but like Caleb will talk about Star Wars, like the Rebel stuff. It grows with its audience, but we'll talk about that later. So so my question, <laughs> so the poster is like built out of Lego bricks and everything and it has like a pile of, pile of bricks under the logo and like they're playing to the Malcolm one-liner of like, that's one big pile of bricks, which is that like, <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate that. So, but that's why I get the Mal the impression of the Malcolm thing because it's like old Dominion Malcolm on the poster. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it looks like it. And so, the pajamas. Or my something. my real question here is like, is if that is what the structure of this special is, is like Malcolm retelling the Jurassic Park story thirty years later? Did they get Jeff Goldblum to do this little Lego? You would have to imagine special? they did. But then, you if they did, they would they would hype it up as in like. Jeff Goldblum in the special, no? And it's but it's like that's so of all the things to bring back Jeff Goldblum for, like we got him for a Lego special. It's uh To be fair, Jeff Goldblum does seem to do anything Jurassic. He did the And I'm, I game. I love I love Jeff Goldblum and that's great, but it's just like so interesting that that's he's the turned into like taking. the anthony daniels of the franchise as in he'll be the guy you'll see in like five years in like the jurassic park gum commercial and it's him <laughs> playing them. or the next like jurassic park tv show where it's like a bunch of like different actors playing all the characters that we've like known like grant ellie and stuff but the ones the ones the truth will be jeff goldblum as the know <laughs> he'll be that guy imagine Imagine if we brought Ellie Sattler for back for a retelling of Jurassic Park, a new perspective on it 30 years later. Imagine how different and interesting that would be. Especially after Dominion but, being her like her movie, like yeah. kind of thing as what it was supposed to be. But what do you hmm. think the 
and how is it possible that it's an unofficial retelling? I think it, does it mean it's that in the terms of what they're going to do in the story? Because it I reads th- like it's an unofficial Jurassic product. Yeah, <laughs> I it does read that way, but I think it's putting off here. I think it's I think I don't know, and I could be totally wrong about the Malcolm leading this thing. I could be totally wrong about that, but like I think you're right about that though. I think, but that's just really the impression I'm getting. But like I think they're saying the unofficial retelling because it's just malcolm rambling and making shit it's up malcolm's and... like bastardized like hyped up it's gonna be exactly. him running away from the t-rex but it's gonna be him like saving everyone during the 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 road attack you know what i mean it's gonna be him saving the kids and grant on his back and the lawyer probably it's gonna be great <laughs> yeah, yeah i hero malcolm yeah which is i like i said it's just really interesting that that's the angle that we're taking yeah. for that but um yeah. Do we want to? Different. I'll give it that. You know what? If <laughs> yeah. you're doing something, at least it's different. It's a different thing, and I'm probably not going to end up watching it. So, <laughs> I mean, do we? No, I don't do know. Do we want to talk about the Star Wars thing? Do we? Do we want to move to that? Do okay. it. Let's go. So, um, <clears throat> I this was. Uh, a a a rant that came into my mind the other day um, when we were talking about all of this kind of thing, and sort of the first thing that came into my mind was okay, Universal has this streaming this new quote unquote new it's been around for what a couple of years now but like they have this brand new streaming service Peacock that is theirs it is their own it is their most recognizable brand image. It is Universal's thing. And, like, first of all, why are all of the Jurassic movies not exclusively streaming on there? First of all, like, are why are they. Netflix? Are they on Netflix? I don't, they're all Netflix, over the place. Amazon Prime everywhere. They're all over the place. They've been on HBO Max at one point, too. They still are. Dominion's on uh, HBO. Exactly. And, like, you know, if. You know, Universal's making money off of that, off of licensing it to other people, whatever. But like, it's like, (laughs) so, okay, how, how to start this, what I'm about to say. So a, a larger point to this whole Jurassic franchise conversation came into my mind, um, which has to do with how the Jurassic brand is being managed at the moment and and you know this was brought up with the lego thing and with some other stuff um and you know i guess i'll start off with just in general to me someone who likes someone who loves jurassic park someone who i would even say i love the jurassic world movies i love them both but right now <laughs> if if the if only the listeners could see the faces of uh, Jack and Aziz, but um, <laughs> but as someone who is in that position who feels that way, it's out of love. the The franchise is just feels like the way it's being managed right now is uncoordinated mm-hmm. and unmotivated. Um, yes. and random, like it's just the most random stuff popping up. And, um, so 
before I get into the main point of this with the peacock thing, I was kind of like, one, why, why are all of the Jurassic movies not exclusively streaming there? They're Universal's, it's Universal's franchise. And yeah, but, and I understand like licensing and the issues there. I do understand that. But the larger point of what I'm getting at here and... I want to clarify that this is in no way a comparison of these two franchises as far as like story or characters or genres. Like it's not that. Um, But my, with my feelings towards how the franchise is being managed and the content that we're getting right now, my mind went to why not look at star Wars and how Star Wars is being managed right now as far as a an example for Jurassic and how it could be managed. Um, and the first point I'll make there is Disney+. Plus. It, literally everything Star Wars is in one place on Disney+. Plus, and it's organized, and it's presented well, and Disney+, Plus even lays out and organizes the entire timeline of star Wars for you and how to watch all of their content in order. And star Wars is a franchise that spans almost 50 years now. And the story of the, the franchise expands well beyond that amount of time. Um, and I thought to myself, Jurassic is a franchise that, spans 30 plus years of time now and the story of the things involved in the Jurassic franchise go can go outside of that amount of time and when you look at Star Wars um, they have these core trilogies of movies but they also have animated shows and they also have live action shows that fill in the gaps of their timeline and they have specific established guides to what their timeline is and what you know what the terms are that are used in the stories to describe the time and what happened in these time periods and the timeline and they're filling in the gaps of their movies and i really think that that is possible for jurassic i think that we have these two core trilogies of story and we have, I mean, just in between the two trilogies, there are 15 years of time. But then in between the movies of the trilogies, um, there's even more time. Um, and so I think that there's so much... When you look at Star Wars, they use animated shows and very, very high-quality live-action shows to fill in the gaps in between their core timeline. And I think that that's something that Jurassic can look to as an example of what they need to do because, and, you know, do it well in the way that star Wars has because their star Wars has done it well. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying anything's perfect, but I'm saying that like star Wars has used its animated shows in, a, in an extremely vital way to their timeline. And they're done well. 
and they fit in well and they pay attention to like where they lie in the story. And then, but then they use the live action shows to do the same thing. And I think, you know, Jurassic has sort of started and attempted to do that with Camp Cretaceous. I, because I really, you know, and Camp Cretaceous is what it is, but like, I really feel like they were sort of taking inspiration from Star Wars Rebels or Star Wars Clone Wars, which are animated shows that fill in the timeline of Star Wars. Um, and they said, oh, let's sort of, you know, make in making Camp Cretaceous, it could also have that role as far as like filling in things that we don't see in the movies. And so, um, yeah, that I'm rambling here, but like what I'm saying is, Star Wars is a franchise that has core trilogies and gaps in its timeline and established guides and like guidelines for its entire story and its timeline. And I really think that that is something that could get Jurassic back on track is establishing your timeline, establishing guides and guidelines and using your content to fill in those gaps, whether it's before Jurassic Park whether it's after Jurassic Park 3, whether it's after Jurassic World Dominion, or it's in between any of those movies. Um, there's just so much potential there. Um, and I think... <laughs> so the last thing I was uh, ranting about when I was telling Jack this the other day is that... Um, so we get the announcement of this Lego show and it's kids' content. And, or it's, you know, it's, it's content that is targeted at kids that everyone can probably enjoy, but it's targeted at kids. And I think that's just a lot of what we've gotten lately is stuff that's targeted at kids. And yeah. And we've also, to point out, we've had a lot of Lego Jurassic stuff already. Also. There's how many movies? There's three or four Lego Jurassic World movies. There's a whole video game. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, fine. I don't, I just don't want any more Lego. So and exactly I don't get much from it. And, and it's not so just I for think, me, of course, but no, and so I I'm someone who you know is appreciative of any new Jurassic content, whatever it is, but like at the same time, um I feel like going back to my what I was saying about how the franchise is being managed, I feel like we are and I, when I say we, I guess I mean the folks who are managing the franchise right now like we are missing out on such a massive part of our audience our jurassic audience by not doing things that are a little bit more even teen focused or adult focused or terror and horror elements involved in them i feel like you know we've got to we it feels like to me at the moment we're only we're doing so much more of one side which is the kids targeted stuff when we need to be doing at the very least both sides which and the other side is the adult horror elements side yes. and the more <laughs> just the more intense thrilling in your face Jurassic Jurassic violence stuff because Yes, we need to involve the kids and the kid audience, but like the adult audience has also gotten you to this point of franchise popularity. And there is just not 
much for them at the moment. <laughs> and so I, my point here is that in the way that Star Wars has presented the story of its franchise and filled in its timeline and yeah. done that in both kid-targeted and adult-targeted ways with animated shows and live-action shows, Jurassic can do that. Jurassic mm. absolutely can do that. And should so, be doing that. I, I'm, yes. I'm just going to point out, I'm so glad it's not just me saying it because it's always just me saying, Jurassic needs to go more horror. And I totally get it, right? It can't just go horror. But the yeah. pendulum has swung so far one way that it needs to come back the other way at this point. And I know some people will say, well, the movies, the movies are for everyone. I don't think the world movies have the same suspenseful, fear-inducing feeling as the, at least the first two. So for me, the movies are more, they feel more like Marvel movies than they do the original Jurassic Park movies. I feel like, whether, like and a lot of people have made this point, maybe it's a TV series that needs to harken back to that feeling. Maybe mm -hmm. they are worried about the movies, you know, not being for everybody. So yeah, fill in the gaps. Why aren't Peacock, like you said, doing what Disney Plus have done? Why isn't that? It's like even Camp Cretaceous started seeming like, okay, this is this feels like it's for everyone, even though it's a cartoon, even though it's a kid's show. It it did have a lot of elements that were feeling right. And then season four and five came along. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it just, I mean, in my opinion, there just needs to be so much more of a balance, like between, yeah. I mean, whether it's in the content itself or like in the volume of content that is being released. Like it just, we're, we're out of balance as far as the, the kid targeted stuff versus the more adult horror stuff. Um, and I mean, like I said, this is in no way a comparison of like the genre or the story or the characters of the Jurassic franchise versus the Star Wars franchise, but Star Wars does things in its live action TV shows that are W way more like violent and intense than mm -hmm. some of the movie stuff. And it's like, okay, a TV show could be a place where we could start to introduce that kind of thing. But yeah. So I want to, first of all, Caleb, that was fantastic. I think, uh, <laughs> thank you. It was me rambling. rambling. <laughs> yeah. You know, that wasn't, that was, not, it was less of a rant and more just like you seeing like legitimate points that are like fair and like should be addressed. Yeah, like the, I want to start off with like the streaming thing. Like, I agree that there's no reason why like Peacock doesn't have everything Jurassic in one spot, like you're saying, like Disney does. But at the same time, what we're seeing with the streaming stuff now is that doing that model of having one thing, having everything in one central place, is not making companies money anymore. So they're right. like even Disney now is starting to like license out stuff. So you have to do both. Is what I'm trying to say. You yeah. gotta have it central to Peacock, so that way, if I'm like thinking I want to watch Jurassic and like, I'm at home or something in like Ottawa, I'll be like, okay, I know where I go. I go to Peacock. That has that has yeah. everything Jurassic. And then if I'm like on Netflix and I happen to see Jurassic Park or Jurassic Park Three, it's just a bonus, and you're making money yeah. both ways. And Lego content, Jurassic for some reason is only focusing on Lego content these days. Not only, but like I would say a large majority of their output has been lego oriented and i want to say that disney also does lego stuff they have a large lego lineup for their star wars products obviously but they all i meant they're like tv shows 
if you go on Disney Plus and you search down to the very, very bottom, like the super, super kitty Star Wars stuff is there. Mm-hmm. And they target all audiences. So like Jurassic mm-hmm. Park's a four quadrant movie, right? You gotta hit the young kids, the old kids, and like the you know what I mean, like all quadrants, all young adults and the old adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right now they're focusing on like the one quadrant, the the the, yeah. the three to like eight or whatever that age ranges for the Lego products, right? So my question is, did Universal have some sort of tracking behind the scenes where they're like they're looking at the data being like, okay, so our movies made a lot of money from like these three quadrants. So like our age and up. So like we grew up with the movies, Jurassic Park will always resonate with us and older, right? Mm-hmm. What if the, the newer kids are less versed in the Jurassic or they just don't care about it as much, right? That's why they're like being focus at these little little kids to get them like hooked on the Jurassic so they can grow with the stuff like us is that potentially what happened I so I mean my my feelings there were mostly based in a in a branding conversation just because I see just because I was like thinking about like how the franchise is being handled and I see Disney Plus and their the way they're presenting Star Wars and marketing and branding Star Wars is just it's just done really well and like it's that's more premium it will yeah and so like I think there's an opportunity there for mm-hmm. Peacock to do that with Jurassic just and not in like licenses and money and demographics aside it's like it's it's an opportunity for them to present Jurassic in a really in a way that pops in a way that's branded. Well, it, it's sleek. It looks good. It makes you, it may, even if it is on other platforms, it makes you want to watch it on theirs. Yeah. So and I think, think about also- this, you know, p- platforms, when they launch, they try and launch with some fantastic new content to, to drive to hook you, people like the in. Yeah, to hook people. Uh, you know, I don't think the Lego show is going <laughs> to bring in that many subscribers. I don't think Peacock, I don't know. I could be wrong, but I don't think Peacock has that many subscribers. I feel That's like the they, thing. they don't, they're not yeah. run well from the beginning. So I think yeah. this, this all goes back to the issues of management of what you're talking about. It's just yeah. how they're managing this franchise. I think it's not this franchise. It's all their franchises. If you mm-hmm. look across the board, Universal is not doing that hot aside from Oppenheimer, but it's not a franchise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like their franchises aren't as hot as they used to be. So drastic. Uh, it's in a lull right now. There's no movies coming out. Fast and Furious movies, the sharp declines in seven, quality and box office-wise. So they have a big issue there. Their number one moneymaker right now is no longer making them like Boku dollars. So they're in trouble there. So it's only a matter of time before they bring their number one back. And I think there's the only positivity I see in all this is with all these major blockbusters coming out this year and just eating shit and flopping, I'm hoping that Hollywood looks at itself and is like, okay, all those mo- like Jurassic World was a very much a product of that 2010s to like 2016 era of like all like MCU esque action blockbuster, right? Like everything was copying the MCU format. Yes. I think now that we've started seeing, even the MCU is starting to see a decline in its popularity, right? Less and less people care about it. The movies are yeah, making yeah. less money. Less viewers in their TV shows. Superhero even. fatigue is is not just exclusive <laughs> to the superhero movies, unfortunately. Sorry, Aziz, Aziz exactly. you said it's only a matter of time, and I just it's only a matter of time before this lost world is found and pillaged. I yes. think see that the positive <laughs> thing I'm saying is I think Hollywood's already pillaged this lost world. So the only way we come back from this is going back to the old way of making the blockbusters of 
legitimately having something to tell, making it like grand, but not overly grand just for the sake of spectacle, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I think moving forward in the next, the next Jurassic Park, I think Universal will see other missteps from the past couple of years. I hope, I hope, because they're not making money. And that's the biggest indicator of success, right? If they're seeing that the money is not as fat in the pockets, you got to make changes. And what we were mentioning before is that because it's the 30th anniversary, they must be realizing that the Jurassic Park brand is ma still making bank. Like still has power. Limited run is going to sell out. All, all the <laughs> Jurassic Park tie-in products are selling out. It's all going quickly. Even Mattel 93 Classics flew off the shelves as far I as didn't I didn't even get, I didn't get a chance to see them in store. They were gone that quick. Well, yeah, and, and, I, and so, I feel like that should tell them, okay, well, maybe we should go park. And I know the Lego show has gone park, but maybe we should go park and do something live action that is kind of in that era. Yeah, no, I mean, so Jurassic World made a billion dollars pretty easily. Fallen Kingdom didn't make it as easily. Dominion oh, made a billion dollars, but it took a lot longer. It, it crawled to the end. I remember like watching it. They were like, it was like it took like it made a billion and like eleven thousand. So it squeaked yeah. over the edge. Well, but what I'm getting at though is like there are so there are funny. studios, <laughs> there are studios in Hollywood that are really struggling financially right now. Like Warner Brothers is an example. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not trying to like shade anybody, but like, um, Universal is. I would just from what I am aware of is like everybody's struggling a little bit financially just with the things that have been going on in the entertainment industry, but like mm -hmm. universal is still one of the like wealthiest film studios there is like, they have a lot of cash laying around. And so like, I think they, I mean, and this is just my opinion. I think, they get a little complacent with certain things. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that um, if I think they're, they, uh, you know, a lot of the uh, message of the Jurassic movies is uh, capitalism run amok and worrying about money before anything else. And I think Universal Studios <laughs> worries about money before anything else. And I, I think that is uh to their downfall in some areas because i feel like they're more worried about like let's just make whatever we can for our franchises no matter what it is or they're like let's just have this licensed here or streaming there because it makes it's making us money right now when like an organized way of branding and marketing your franchise would make you a lot more money in the long run yeah so. it does all feel a little aimless yes and the jurassic world movies um you could say in a way didn't didn't even follow their own <laughs> storyline at points they, they dominion didn't feel like a sequel to fallen kingdom whereas fallen kingdom doesn't quite feel like a sequel to jurassic world i mean it does but you know what i'm saying they're kind of it, yeah. it sets this big thing up at the end of the film and then the, the kind of next movie doesn't fully address it or address it in the right way um and i feel like it just feels a little aimless whereas uh Battle of Big Rock. So that came out just What before. an anomaly in hindsight, eh? What an anomaly. We were sure. we were talking about that like remember when we got a Jurassic World short film just out of nowhere <laughs> and like that was the short form content that was coming out for Jurassic. And it was good. And that felt right. I mean that Battle felt of Big Rock like, is so fantastic. I love it. It still it's it's the way it was still supposed to be. When did that come out? Just after 2019, Fallen September 2019. So, so just after Fallen Kingdom, a year. Yeah, a year after. Yeah. training, baby. 
It's a shame. I remember that day. Man, the, 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 been, the pandemic the plan was more. fucked up everything. The, the plan was to yeah, make for sure. more of those. I remember yeah. that was always what was talked about, whether or not that was actually going to happen. Colin definitely spoke of making more short films in that kind of style to, to fill in the gaps, I guess. And that really was, and it still is, the route that Universal should take. Maybe they don't want to commit to a full series, live action series. Maybe they don't want to commit to a full movie, another movie, but maybe they should commit to a couple shorts on Peacock. Maybe that's I mean, the way to go. Set the tone, see which ones work better. You know? <laughs> what I, I was saying you. about Universal. How much money do they cost? How well, much, do we know how much Battle of Big Rock cost? Um, Probably too much. I've, I've heard a number before, but I don't remember what it was. But like, I think I've heard a number. I want to say 17 million. I want to say sound it, right? I want to say it was 20 or 30, but I'm not okay. sure. And that was um, about 7ish minutes long, right? Ballot Big Rock is uh 8 8 minutes, isn't it? I don't know. Something like that. 8 minutes. Something yeah. like that. So if you scale that up to like a 40-minute TV show and each TV show can have like a 30 million dollar like like action bit or like effects budget, if that makes sense? And if you can get a show that looks like Battle of Big Rock on TV, you're laughing. You're laughing to the bank, my friends. Absolutely. The TV show will look like a Battle of Big Rock. If there's a live action, that's what it would look like in terms of scale, the way it's shot almost, I think. Yeah. Because it, feel, it feels smaller budget. Like the shots are just closer, tighter. Everything feels more compact. I think that's the way to do it. And I think it can be done. But like, I think you're right, Kale. I think the, the, the P, the big P. The big P. Kind of... Uh, <laughs> kind of derailed everything for universal oh yeah um i oh i i understand what you're saying I, when you said the big p i thought you meant peacock but you meant i was thinking other, peacock too. <laughs> the other the other big oh, p, okay. which is the <laughs> pandemic but um no like so my my personal standard for like when i think of like high-end tv shows is like hbo like they make some great tv shows mm -hmm. and so but they really invest in the writing side and the production and the effects and everything like that. Like, and so like their one episode of their shows costs money, costs a lot of money, but like universal has the money to do that. <laughs> so Can I just surprise you guys. Cause while you were talking, I just Googled what the budget for each episode of the last of us was. Uh -huh. And I think it was New York post, New York reporter or something. They're saying, the New Yorker is saying the episode budget is between ten to fifteen million only. Okay, I mean, look but at that the makes, quality of writing, effects, everything. Yeah, that makes that's that makes sense though. Yeah, I, but like, that's ten to fifteen million is way more than other TV it's shows. It's a lot, but it's something Universal can afford. Star Wars yes, budget is much higher than that, and that's absolutely. Disney. Universal is up there with the Disney's. Up, the, they're not like a Lionsgate. They're Universal. This is like one of the biggest production companies on the planet. They exactly. Can afford, they can afford twenty million an episode for Jurassic. Yeah. You put out six to eight episodes, short series. It's not going to cost you much more, or roughly around as much as a like a, a blockbuster if, movie. Yeah. Would cost if you. you do, if you do fifteen million an episode and you do ten episodes, that's how much. That's how much. Like that's a. a movie. That's a movie. Yeah, that's how much Dominion cost, right? Like 150, 170, right? So it can't be this hard. Like we can't be sitting here <laughs> coming up with this. And Universal's been sitting on their on their hands for like who knows how long. What are they doing? What are, are they not having any strategy meetings? Do they not care? Do we need a new CEO? What's it's like they here? don't want to commit to something that 
is unproven. The movies are proven. They release a Jurassic movie. It's going to make some money. I think yeah. that's I think the, and obviously, the yeah. See, they might not see the value in streaming anymore, especially with what's going on and the strikes. We support strikes 100%. Screw the streamers. Screw the companies. But maybe they're like, like legitimately that they'd see the value that stream, there's like no money in streaming. Everyone's losing money on it, even Disney, right? So yeah. maybe they're like, why invest $150 million to potentially get a little bit more ground in the streaming race that they're not going to win ever anyways? And even if they can't even get to Disney level, and if Disney's losing money, Universal will never break even on this. So I don't think streaming is the way to go potentially at all. Maybe Universal just saw this earlier and like, cut, exit. Can't do it. Yeah. Well, That's my only other guess on that. My So on the whole, like you know, we want more thrills, horror, adult elements into this thing. Um, I just am going to take this opportunity to establish myself as the, you know, Assis is the resident lover of JP3 on this podcast. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to establish myself as the resident lover of Fallen Kingdom. But, um, but oh, man. <laughs> to, to my, but the point I'm trying mind. to, <laughs> the point I'm getting at here, um, because I was just thinking about the video that we did on the Outpost channel about like, who should, who should direct the next Jurassic thing. And I think if you look at Fallen Kingdom, the tone of that movie is it's different than Jurassic world and it's different than dominion. Like, and it's because we brought in some outside, we brought in outside direction. Jay Bayona had his own ideas mm -hmm. and his own way of crafting things. And there are, there are some more horror and thrill elements in, in fallen kingdom that exclusive from world and dominion. And so I guess the actual point I'm making here is that as we're heading towards more content here, whether it's a TV, a live action show or streaming or different content or like commit to a few short films or whatever, I think an extremely valuable part of that is to do what we talked about in those videos on the Outpost channel, which is bring in new directors, bring in new minds, bring in new voices for the writing teams, do do those things. Because I think it has, it has, at, at the very least, it has some results that are different from what we've seen before. Look at I thought what Dan Trachenberg did to Prey, to the Predator yes. franchise, yes. should I say. Now, I know that people have mixed views on Prey, but I, I love the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I loved it too. It was great. Um, and I think the Predator franchise is one that started strong and kind of descended a little, right? And then Prey, I mean, feels like it got things back on track with fresh new talent involved. I think it's a little bit of a different situation when you're talking about that type of franchise versus something like a Jurassic. I think people need to put a little bit more like stock into the fact that the original creators of the franchises, they actually kind of matter. Like, do you know who directed the first Predator movie? Dan Crutchman. I think it was John McTiernan, I think. But yeah, the point is, is it, the point is like, you don't associate Predator with John McTiernan, but you kind of associate Jurassic Park with Steven Spielberg. You know what I mean? Like, if mm -hmm. Steven Spielberg is somehow not creatively involved, if like, if they stray too far away from the originals, like we kind of with like, like I talked about this last time, like the Star Wars, like the new ones don't feel kind of like Star Wars. They kind of feel like fan films. Same with the Jurassic World movies. They kind of feel like fan films. 
of the Jurassic Parks, but a little bit to a lesser degree. And I don't know what's the reasoning for that, but I think for me personally, I always want to see somehow like produced by Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy, or uh, Steven Spielberg. I, I want to see them always tied to this franchise because I think it's more tied to them than people give it credit for. Like the next drastic's not going to happen until you like Steven's like, I got an idea. I think, you know I, mean? <laughs> I think we need to uh, get David Kep involved. <laughs> I don't yes. think we do. Um, He's, he has a hoarded track record now as well. I think we just stay away from. <laughs> I think we need to keep like there's a certain track record of people. We don't like Frank Marshall as well. He kind of just came in. Like I was talking about this too. He he kind of just became associated with Jurassic after the third one, even though only his like association was friends with Spielberg and his wife directed uh, was producing as well. Right. That's a, the only thing. Yeah, he, he didn't like, technically produce the first three, and then suddenly no. he was Jurassic Park 4's producer. So he, it he was very sudden. You can remove him. Remove him. So it's technically it's <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy, it's Steven Spielberg. It is. That's what Jurassic... Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. created by Kathleen Kennedy and Steven Spielberg, the first original, like the first oh, three yeah. movies. I also but then, want... But then, those were the creative forces behind it. I also want uh, Janice Kaminsky to come back. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? So th- this was a point. Yeah, this is a really good... Director? Jurassic Park and The Lost World, they're not, they're not horror movies, but they have hor- horror elements. And I think The Lost World, more than any, is visually a horror movie. Mm-hmm. The way he shot that movie is a horror. I love I Janice think, Kaminsky so much. Yeah, and I think, it's fantastic, yeah. I think we need to go back to that. Having, um, uh, what's his name? The guy, the cinematographer for Jurassic World and then Dominion. Uh, oh, my, uh, Jason Schwartzman, John Schwartzman, one of the two. Yeah, um, it's called it's it's, the, Trevar- it's Colin Trevorrow's guy who he always works with. Yeah, uh, but Book to me, Henry it's not. It doesn't work for Jurassic. It doesn't fit the aesthetic. Maybe it did work for the first one, the big open poppy feel. But it felt like when we were in the jungles of Nublar, we were just being shot by lights from all directions. There was no suspense in the visuals, and I think I that's mean, something John John Schwartzman. Is the, John, uh, Schwartzman. John Schwartzman. Thank you. Um, I would and say look at the Jurassic Park Tom 3 birdcage sequence. Yeah, Jura- we were saying on the last podcast how Jurassic Park Should 3 doesn't have a consistent look throughout, and we know a lot of the reasons why. But you look at the birdcage sequence, and that, again, comes back to horror visuals, the whole mystery, what you don't see, the, the smoke, mm-hmm. the fog. And I, I feel like, yeah, we are, we are missing that aspect of it so bringing back to remember though we need a veteran director when spielberg and joe johnston like made their movies they weren't like picture two or three into their careers like like joe johnston at that point had a huge history backing to star wars like his pre-production stuff like he was an artist on star wars and stuff uh spielberg Mm -hmm. he made like epic movies before jurassic um those were the guys who aren't going to make these like rookie mistakes. Like Colin was in like picture two, picture four, picture three. You know what I mean? For like Dominion and Jurassic World. Jay mm-hmm. Biona didn't have that much under his belt, but the, what he did have under his belt elevated Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom looks the best since Oscar Farah. Oscar Farah. He is. Yeah. And exactly. he, Oscar Farah did uh, Battle at Big Rock too. No. Battle at Big not? Rock was. No, that was someone else. That was um, someone else. Greg Frazier? Uh, I can't remember his name. It wasn't him, but a uh, very similar visual style. Uh, yeah, in the way Battle of Big Rock was shot. It's a oh, it's a uh, Larry, Larry Fong. Larry Fong. Yeah, Larry yeah. Fong. There he is. Which yeah, we all yeah, thought yeah. after that he was going to come back for Dominion, and then yeah. 
Colin went with John Schwartzman again, which sure they have a great working relationship, but I feel like John Schwartzman's visuals are very um just Hollywood bright, very by the books, very corporate. In my in my opinion, the Dominion cinematography was was grander and better than Jurassic World, but that's just my opinion. I agree with that. It it was, yeah, I would agree with that too. It was better. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's interesting. I mean, Spielberg's modern work doesn't give me any reason to think oh i want him on the next jurassic if that makes sense like i get what you're saying is i'd always want him associated but i feel like he hasn't um he's kind of straight away from the first exactly and look at the end product um that's what i'm trying to say look the farther away it, it wouldn't be jurassic without his name on it the farther away the creators get from their projects like from from the like it's i know it's bad to like tie a franchise to like an artist like this but like it's still like he created this it wouldn't be what it is with if someone else directed this it'd be a different thing entirely but like i forgot what i was going to say with this but spielberg is just like i think if he came back to direct it he wouldn't direct it like he would direct his modern movies he would direct it like a jurassic park movie because he knows he established what a jurassic park movie is with the first two so essentially it's like he's the author of the of the rule book so if he comes in with a new movie and he's writing the rule book again, he's updating the rules. So whatever he says is gospel kind of thing. That's how it I kind of see be, it. If he happened, it won't happen. But if he ever it won't, it was won't like, happen. Never, oh, never, Spielberg's going to direct a Jurassic. I would like to think he'd sit down with Kep and he'd sit down with Kaminsky and they'd sit in a room, they'd watch the first two and be like, right, okay, all right, we know what we got to do here. And <laughs> I would like... Infallible. But look what happened with Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, like... Look how that turned out. Like I know people, some I think a majority of fans liked it, but like overall, it it bombed, crashed, and that was a loved franchise too. That and felt like, like a movie that didn't need to happen. Really, didn't need. No, to happen. of course not. <laughs> Just Jurassic World need to happen. Didn't I Jurassic well, need to happen. I enjoyed Dial of Destiny a lot, and it's miles better than Crystal Skull. But like, <sighs> yeah, <laughs> um, no. The, and the last, the, the last thing I'll, the last thing I'll say there is that uh, James Mangold has my seal of approval for a Jurassic director's chair. But yeah, See, uh, that's uh, part of the issue. Like it's, it's, it feels like someone copying, trying to copy and trying to imitate. It's too much of yeah. an imitation in a way. That's that's the issue. It's like even if James Mangold com- came in, he'd try to imitate a little bit of what he did with Spielberg and like Indiana Jones in Jurassic Park. I don't think sure. it's going to translate. So it's going to feel. Like, that's why to one of your points bringing in fresh talent look at what Prey did you know Dan Trachtenberg just came in with a completely different angle and view and managed to make something that was pretty pretty fantastic I mean he's had a little bit of predator uh, fans out there that that didn't like it but then there's a lot of predator movies I don't know how many predator movies are there aliens versus predator aren't really considered to be great movies are they so Prey was like if you include well if you don't include number four right the alien five, ones, five, five, five. it's like five, I think. Yeah. Um, wow. if, wait, no, but without AVP, it's there's five predators. Yeah, I wow. believe so. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, the the argument I would like to use prey to make for Jurassic is that we need someone to make prequels. <laughs> but yeah. So that that leads me into this. This before we close out, I want to go into some questions that have been submitted through Twitter. Oh yeah, right? I was going to ask if we were going to do that. We are going to do that. Oh, and, and hey, uh, there, I, there, there were a couple of good ones we got on Instagram, too, if we wanted. Okay, remember those. So, so to what you said, though, there, there was a question here. Um, sh- so this is by MB Founder, 
Should the Jurassic franchise do prequel prequels rather than sequels? What do you think? No, because <laughs> I think no, because I think like what can you honestly tell in terms of a compelling story that's not going to be like because we know the end product, we know what Jurassic Park resulted in, we know what Jurassic World resulted in, we know that whatever happens in between like a prequel movie, it's going to be like someone trying to sabotage it or the trials and tribulations. I don't think it's a compelling enough story following young John Hammond trying to build a park. I just don't see enough drama. It'd be too much of a biography and not enough of a Jurassic Park movie. It'd be the wrong... It'd be a drama, man. It wouldn't be a Jurassic Park movie. Personally, yeah, I've never understood the idea of like a Hammond prequel or... I understand the idea of like a prequel before the, the incident at Jurassic Park where we get more of um, the park as it was built. But I also feel like there isn't really much to say there because we, the opening of Jurassic Park showed us what it was like, especially when they delivered the raptors. Yeah, I feel like a prequel at this point can be considered a prequel to Jurassic World. It can be considered yes. a, pre- a prequel okay. to That's... even JP3. I think there was and a I, question there. If you, put it, if you consider like a movie, like for example, like set in 96, Site B before Clarissa... If that's a prequel, then I would say yes. But as long as it's not pre-Jurassic Park 1. You can do prequels, not pre-JP1. That's what I was going to say, like, going back to my rambling about Star Wars, is that a pre I I would love as many prequels as we are willing, as many prequel stories as we are willing to tell, because a prequel can be, it doesn't have to be, like, before everything. It can be before The Lost World, what InGen was doing on Sorna before The Lost World. Or what Injun was doing on Sorna after the Lost World, before Jurassic yes. Park Three. That's more interesting. We don't know. Exactly. exactly. And then, like, what about what about after, like, close in time after Jurassic Park Three, after the incidents of that movie? Like, yeah. So one thing that really I've said this before, <clears throat> but it bothers me about the Jurassic World movies is they don't address what happens at the end of Jurassic Park Three. And sure, 12, 15, 20 years. I don't know how many years on it's supposed to be now at this point. Twenty. I can't remember. But <laughs> the pteranodons at the end of Jurassic Park 3 fly off the island and they're emigrating, right? They move. What happened? And we then don't four know years later, the park opens, I think. Doesn't the park open in 05 in the universe? Like, Is it so 05? You me, I think so. The pteranodons escape in 01. And then four years later, there's a brand new park. What happened in those four yeah, volatile years? And I feel like protests, people being like, yo, I was mauled by a T-Rex in San Diego. Dude, what are you talking about? Bringing back like the the impact on the world. I think I lost my dad there before, like people's reaction. We see in Jurassic Park three, the audience in Grant's speech know about the dinosaurs. They know about the islands. They know about the incident in San Diego. It's now this real world issue. Absolutely. We skip ahead. I think I think prequels have you know, set in between the established films have the opportunity to answer a lot of those questions. Yes. Yeah, and and the John Sayles Jurassic Park 4 script has its faults, we all know that, but it opens with the Pteranodons at the end of JP3 attacking a Little League baseball game in Vancouver, of all places, I think. And it's such a great scene. <laughs> it's so well written. And uh, I, I mean, personally, I want to see that. I want to see those pteranodons coming in and being like, you know what, let's fuck shit up. The ones captured by Vic Hoskins, you mean? Over yeah. Canada somewhere? Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Like, that's another thing. We got to stop relying on, like, I, I don't want to read, like, if you put out an official novel, I'll read the lore. But, like, you shouldn't have to rely on a website and having to click through links trying to like find the 
missing pieces to make up for like plot holes in the movie. Do you know what I mean? The movie should be standalone yeah. within itself. I shouldn't have to. Need, I don't. Sh- I shouldn't even need to know that Vic Hoskins like, like we should know what happened to the Toronto. I think. Yeah, I think. Ah, whatever. No, I agree. But I think. But I also <laughs> I mean, think I mean, that like so heated this episode. There, there should be short <laughs> and long form content that also presents those answers and question and like the stories of those things happening. Just because they're on a web on a lore website, like doesn't mean that they can't be if if we want them to be, I guess, adapted and be part of these other short and long form stories that we want mm-hmm. to come out. But agreed. Um, agreed. Um, so just, just speaking of the prequel thing, there there is a question here that would kind of relate. Uh, this is by Ruantan. Sorry if I mispronounced that. What happened to Sarah Harding, played by Julianne Moore? What happened to the Spinosaurus from JP3? Is the San Diego incident part of the continuity in the Jurassic World universe? It is. I think it is, right? It must it be, yeah. But the I'm more intrigued by the what happened to Sarah Harding because she should have come back in Dominion. Absolutely. That would have made sense. What we were... Happened? Me, Jack, and Chris broke up, bro. mentioned that like two pods ago. We were like Sarah Harding and Nick Van Owen, like come Nick back Van and Owen. follow dinosaurs in the wild. Sorry, oh, just to point out as well that that part in the Lost World, you know, Sarah, Sarah Harding. How many Sarahs do you think are on this island? And then later in the film, when they arrive at the complex that Nick's already Nick arrived Van at, Owen. and he's like, Nick Van Owen, Nick, <laughs> Nick Van <laughs> Owen. Clever writing like that, I miss. David Kemp, exactly yeah David Kemp isn't what he used to be with that it's good shit back then man good yeah, shit back yeah. then um do we want to do this Instagram question do Let's it do it so this is from Cooper Sean Clark on Instagram great name it's um, Cooper it's Cooper he's a professional he can handle <laughs> he it him, himself yeah. um get back in the plane <laughs> yeah, you know I can't stop this plane um <laughs> <laughs> um so Cooper's question is, who on the podcast thought that Barbasol was whipped cream because Dennis Nedry put it on his food <laughs> at the start? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, eating that pie definitely, definitely thought that. They had a <laughs> interesting stomach issues after that. Um, That's so funny. Soapy pie. So oh, one, at, at least one more interesting question from people on Instagram, and this is from uh, Muzzamil. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but... Um, His question, their question is, if JW, Jurassic World, gets a 10th anniversary celebration in 2025, what would you hope to see done similarly or differently from the recent Jurassic Park anniversary? An event! Have us hosted again, baby! A fan event! first ever Jurassic World event, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only right if we came back for the next Jurassic World event, the anniversary. It should be Outpost hosting it. Come on. I mean, that's all Come I got to say about that. That's, that's easy. <laughs> yeah, no, I think there needs to be um, a fan meetup. I understand. Look, we, we were coming out of the P word. So yeah. maybe that's part <laughs> of the reason Universal didn't want to commit to like 100% everybody yeah. together in one place. But by 2025, I feel like that's the thing to yeah, do. And it's it should time. Be. I want to see my friends in public again. Should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to go out of the house for once. Uh, no, it would be nice to to do it at the parks as well. You know? How I want to see Jack yeah. outside his backdrop. Jurassic World. Yeah, I need to get away from this Beyond the Gates set, man. That's all I've seen him behind. I want to see him in, in real life. <laughs> so um, one one more good Instagram question um, comes from Calum Beckinsale at Telekinistic Man on Instagram. Uh, so, 
and his question is, do you feel as if the generation growing up with the Jurassic World films will be inspired to learn more about dinosaurs in the same way that the children of the 90s did with Jurassic Park? 100%. And he also yeah, says I, something. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I do think that it is inspirational in that way. But like he, he makes an interesting point, which is that I feel as if the focus on hybrids and treating the dinosaurs as scaly monsters, he might have meant scary instead of scaly, but I'm not sure, and not focusing strongly on paleontologist protagonists has made the actual dinosaurs feel like set dressing or as any other generic monsters in big blockbuster films. Kids still love dinosaurs, but I don't think their interest will persist into their adulthood as much. And Jurassic World hasn't done much to push the public understanding of dinosaurs forward either. I don't know if I fully agree with that part, but you make a good point about the hybrids and not focusing on paleontologist protagonists part. Like I, I would love it if we focused more on paleontologist protagonists for sure. So the dinosaurs in the Jurassic world movies, for the most part, this is a generalization statement, but they feel like monsters than, than the originals, which treated them like animals. And I feel like that plays a part in that, but also the very simple visual of a dig site is something Jurassic park three got right. Remember the dig site? Remember yeah. paleontology? Remember dinosaurs? Oh my god, it's like rough, smooth, man. Rough. Have we it's had a smooth. single? <laughs> have we had a single scene like that in yes. the Jurassic World movies? Dominion, yeah, Jurassic World number one, but yeah, and number three, and number Dominion I think had that so, too, actually. In my opinion, <laughs> oh, <true. laughs> yeah, <laughs> this shows how much I don't remember Dominion. There in is my opinion, though, that, like the Jurassic. Out. The Jurassic brand does like whether it's Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. The Jurassic brand does a lot for like dinosaur awareness in the public, oh. mm-hmm. and um, like people will be like, or they'll they'll see about that. Jurassic merch that I have or like something I have in my office or something, and they're like, oh, you, they like they know immediately that I like Jurassic Park or Jurassic World, but then like it's also immediately like you must love dinosaurs. Like that is also associated with that. And so like, yeah, I, I think it's, it's obviously not like exactly the same just because the, the trilogy and the stories are different, but like, I do think it inspires like people to study dinosaurs and, and paleontologists. I think any, any dinosaur media, Jurassic Park seems to be one of the only dinosaur media out there, but it really don't forget prehistoric planet in the new one the amblin show that's coming out that's going to do a lot to yeah. push like don't real forget dinosaurs don't forget carnosaur with laura dern's mom i don't forget that, that. oh wow yes dude the carnosaur <laughs> carnosaur 3 which was released as primal species back in in the uk that's what it was called wow um, that 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 holds tight i love that absolutely i will just say <laughs> about the i would ha- i would say don't have fear about future generations having a lack of interest in dinosaurs. My little cousins in South America, I think one is seven now and the other is 11. They grew up on Jurassic World over Jurassic Park movies. And for the oldest birthday this year, you know what they did? They had a Jurassic World themed birthday with the gates and everything, Jurassic Park cake. You know what he wants to be when he grows up? A paleontologist. Yeah. So I think Love Jurassic that. World yeah. is still pushing it. It's still pushing right. it for the, for the kids. No, it's that's, that's true. That. That's true. That's really great. Um, what are the yeah, kids that grow up with Marvel movies going to want to be when they're older? Superheroes. Superheroes. Bland <laughs> directors. So here's, here's a question oh. from Twitter. Oh. <laughs> yeah, more, more Twitter questions. <laughs> okay, so um, this question, be honest. Do you think that the Jurassic World trilogy was what the fans expected or deserved after Jurassic Park 3? 
I want to say no. Silence. That's not what I expected. I mean, we talked about this on the last episode, Jack. You and I, we uh, had a story about, we remember where we were and our reaction to the Joe Blow article or Collider article about what Jurassic Park 4 was going to be, the new part. And we were all like, oh, no. That's not what I wanted or expected. I expected as a kid growing up, something in the vein of John Sales, kind of like a continuation of the parks. Not like a... I didn't even conceive of a new park because I thought the first movie already addressed it. It would never work anyways. So why retread it and show that it worked just to show that it won't work? It's retreading yeah, it, the same ground. I just I saw no point in it back then. I still see no point in it today. It, it almost feels a bit lazy when you think of it like that. And I yeah. feel like after JP3 coming away from that in that 15-year period... To me, the, the the islands still felt a little bit unexplored, and there was another. There was other islands in the island chain. What was it, was Ingen using any of those other islands? There was so much about the islands that had been abandoned that I still wanted to see, and uh, I feel like we never really got that, and we never, we never got sauna. What happened yeah. with that? Well, my, I mean, my, you have a bit more, right? My uh, open <laughs> piggyback answer off of that is that, um, <clears throat> like living through the 15 year period of no Jurassic content and like seeing (laughs) it was an interesting time. Um, I think that's how I met Jack and like, that's how I'm here today. I met you guys through that, I guess, gap. I wouldn't have met Caleb because I hadn't have met Jack and Chris. Yeah. If it had not been for that. Jurassic Park (laughs) 4.org. No, like, so you want for a campaign, baby. I I remember. We sent it. (laughs) It worked. It worked. Side note that like is a conversation for another time, but like, I want, I want a documentary about like the making of the entire Jurassic franchise that includes that period and like what it was like to live through that. Cause it was just such a, such a strange, at times exciting, at times disappointing, at times very odd. Like I remember after I saw the lost world, I was like, okay, more Jurassic typing into Google in like 2004, I was like more Jurassic sequels and then Jurassic park three. And it was like, then you had like all the rumors about JP three extinction, like, or Jurassic park four breakout, like all these different, like there were so many like inaccurate (laughs) rumors and like things that were going to happen. And so I'm uh, rambling, but um, so my answer to that question though, is that like, I'm someone who loves what the Jurassic, the story that the Jurassic World movies told, but it, the story that they told is one of about a thousand stories you can tell in the Jurassic universe because you are correct that the islands are so unexplored and like so many aspects of Injun's history are unexplored. And I don't know. So, like, that, that's kind of my take on it is that like, they chose a story to tell as like the sequel trilogy, but like that doesn't mean that there aren't 900 other stories to tell. So but yeah. then I'm concerned, like the only like way I see universal continuing, like the Jurassic world dominion route is like at some point they will have a sequel where either the dinosaurs are starting to encroach on our land or there's too many of them. They're killing our fauna or something, but like dinosaurs are going to be like, like threatening us with extinction or something. I'm mm. so scared that that's the direction they're going to take this. It's like the dinosaur threat to humanity. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. We've got a, we've got to call it. I think it. that's what they kind of pigeonhole themselves in, in, in a way, like, because because of what they've done with the Jurassic World movies. Like, now we know that we cannot touch how dinosaurs go to mainland, like how they get worldwide, because it's already been covered now. It's been, <clears throat> I guess, done in my opinion, less than satisfactorily, less than satisfactory way. So I wasn't happy with it. So now we're never have to see that again. So I'm bummed about that. And that's why I think I look I look back on the Jurassic Park four waiting era so fondly is because one I was younger and two, because, like the future was anything, it was sure. literally whatever I thought it was. Jurassic Park four was whatever I thought, but now we're kind of like constrained as to what the future can be because of what has come the last three movies that have come before. If that makes sense, the yeah, yeah. the dinosaurs are encroaching on our land. We got to call up Dom Toretto and his Dodge Charger. To, I'm scared that that's also another thing with how up. Fast and Furious needs an injection and like Listen, they've already gone to space. What are they going to do? Go back in time? Or I, are they going to do Jurassic <laughs> Park? I, I am an open-minded person about all this stuff, but a Fast and Furious crossover with Jurassic World is something that I would, I would vomit. I would hate. <laughs> I do absolutely not. No, there's too many creatives <laughs> at Universal who are like associated with Universal who have already like been like in during the lead up to Dominion or whatever. We're like, yeah, a crossover with Fast and Furious. I'd be totally down with that. That sounds like great. Like I think <laughs> Justin Lin at one point was like before he got kicked off like Fast and Furious or whatever. He was like, yeah, a crossover Jurassic Park would be interesting. I think it could work. Yeah, yeah. I'm like get the <laughs> fuck out of here. All you guys leave now. <laughs> yeah, there's too much bad energy behind the scenes at Universal. Here's one yeah, more question way. from Twitter, which I think is, is kind of a different track. But um, Danny asks, what will be the next top Apex Predator for the coming trilogy um, since maybe. all the Rexes seem to be retired? New hmm. T-Rex. You got to go back to the basics. You got to go simple. <laughs> Another T-Rex. That or like a Raptor. You got to go super basics. You can't have 15 species. You got to have like a T-Rex, Raptor, and like two other ones. A maybe. smaller story, if they do it, whether it's a spin-off or a live action, needs to focus more on raptors and, and not the raptor squad. Raptors that evolved in the first, second, and third movie, I think. I'd like to see an evolution of what happened to those. So wait, raptors. what is the official, like at the end of Dominion, is Blue and Beta, are they the only raptors left? <gasps> I think like, uh, <laughs> I don't know the answer. Like, is Are they well, the only ones? Did they kill? I can't remember. Did they kill the atrocities? I I don't know. They I don't know. They're not all dead. No. Also, are they the only Velociraptors left as we know them? Like the Sorna. Where are the Sorna dinosaurs? They're all. They're not on the sanctuary, and there's no raptors on sanctuary. So in my mind and head canon, there are still raptors on Sorna. Yes. <laughs> I think regardless. Who, who but all the Sorna dinosaurs are on sanctuary on. now. So I don't think they. I don't. I think. In my opinion, it is absolutely impossible to capture every dinosaur in Isla Sorna. There's I think no right. way you would ever get them all. It's but, such an easy thing. That in the movie, they're like, I thought you had them all. Like, no, uh, there's more of you than we thought. Or even go to like, the <clears throat> sales truck that like, are underground now. You think, in, you think Injin and Masrani and these people are, are good enough to get a 100% track rate on capturing Sonia dinosaurs Masrani and transporting them? The Nobel no. Peace Prize. <laughs> Wasn't that in the background? Was material somewhere? <laughs> what what was what in there? Nobel Peace Prize for uh, Masrani. Oh, I I must I don't have any personal problem with Masrani. I just think Engine and Masrani the companies are not run perfectly. But yeah, I, th- I, I think I hope we see more of that. I think it's a, a 
personal thing that like in that 15 years of waiting like you said a cease it felt like it could go anywhere and then if you if you weren't happy with what the jurassic world movies did then i i still like to think well i feel like there's dinosaurs on sauna for sure and i feel like sauna was hasn't really been touched it, yeah sure they took some dna and dinosaurs from there but they didn't take the, I think I'd like to think the island is as it was. I think those I mean, raptors. Island, I think island. those raptors are smart enough to elude mm-hmm. things. Is what For I sure. think. So, yeah. But I think look at us trying to. I think this is like this stays like talks to the state of the franchise. Like, look how Dominion has left us, where we're like trying to find caveats and like ways around what <clears> we've been given <throat> to kind of like to make up for the disappointment. It's like, oh, they told us there's no more Sorna dinosaurs? Shit. Well, hopefully, maybe there are. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. like that false sense of hope. It's like, why yeah. are we left in this state? Why that, are we having false hopes? Yeah, That's why no, the next, for the whatever it is, needs to go back. And there is that 15-year gap, both in yeah. the timeline. I mean, yeah, sure, Jurassic World was supposed to have opened in 2005, but there is a gap there, uh, especially after The Lost World, where we really can tell certain stories. And I think it would be very and entertaining like, and very worthwhile to go back to that. Yeah, and like in the Lost World, you have a you have a change in leadership at the company. The they sort of take it over from Hammond because they think that he's incompetent or something and like there's a cha- like between then and Jurassic World, there's a change in leadership at who was in charge of all this, who owned Engine, what company was in charge and like there had to be some headbutting there and some interesting things as far as like transporting dinosaurs and assets and things like that. Um, but what we were just saying goes to what I was talking about, about like, like franchise management, like we need to have established timelines and established guidelines and like what year this happened and what year that happened and things like that. But yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you everybody for submitting those questions. There's been some good ones. It was a good idea, Aziz. We we haven't done that in a while, and that yeah. does always promote some good love discussion. questions. Um, I think this is a good place to end. Uh, we'll the state of the franchise. Where are we at? Who knows? Who knows what's coming next? Nobody knows except the executives at Universal. Uh, the, well, what's coming next is the Lego thing. So <laughs> yeah, very you know what's coming next. can't wait for that. I'm really <laughs> excited. But there is an animated show coming. We know that the next Camp Cretaceous, whatever it's going to be, is coming. Um, so hopefully that might, may address some of our concerns. Maybe that will um, give us a story that takes place maybe pre-Dominion, post-Fallen Kingdom. And uh, maybe it'll be a little bit more adult-orientated. Maybe uh, one of you guys made this point about how maybe they're waiting for the Jurassic World audience, the, the younger Jurassic World audience to kind of grow with them. Maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe it's going to be that little bit more mature. Moving forward. Yeah. It would be a complete uh, misstep creatively to put out Camp Cretaceous Season 2 or whatever follow-up and have it only targeted at kids again. It's like, what about the audience that grew with it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good if point. If that happens, then I'll know for sure Universal has no idea what they're doing with their franchise. Yeah, we'll, we'll see when that first... I mean, the first teaser isn't going to be indica- indicative, but the sec- the actual trailer, when that comes out, we'll see what that show is going to feel like. And I yeah. think um, hopefully but, that'll give us an indication on where they where they think the franchise should we're, be. We're uh, crossing, crossing our fingers for more Jurassic horror stories. So Absolutely. Yeah, I want horror. That's all I want. I want Jurassic Park, the horror. <laughs> 
that would well be if you think about it we got a Jurassic world horror story the uh, the trilogy right here what a disaster this is <laughs> yeah. man i'm on fire today guys i'm on fire <laughs> holy shit that is fantastic um all right guys thank you so much for joining me and everybody thank you for listening if you've made it this far check out jurassicoutpost.com there's a website there and there's some stuff on there and there's some news on there and it's it's a, it's a place to go remember .coms remember websites they're on there remember when people had websites it's an interactive cd rom remember wow. jurassicpark.com i went there oh, on my way back to machine yesterday night oh, what a nostalgia oh, trip come the og on. one where you got to click on the gate too we should we need to go back to that remember lostworld.com I missed that episode, but I want to listen to it when you guys went through it. Oh, baby. <laughs> we got to check that out. But yeah, check out JurassicOutpost.com. It is a website and there is stuff on there. And uh, yeah, leave comments on the articles, get the conversation going. And uh, yeah, I don't really know what to say. So thank you for joining. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.